0: Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you, the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. First couple of hours, obviously, dedicated to uh, Demar Hamlin, the Bills' safety, who is in critical condition after suffering the cardiac arrest last night on the field at Paul Brown Stadium. A lot of discussion regarding that to the Green Bay Packers and moving forward. Uh, but I do want to talk some Packers football because obviously the win this past Sunday was a big one over the Minnesota Vikings. Defense playing well, special teams had their one gaff, but obviously uh, Keyshawn Nixon <laughs> brought everybody back to their feet after the 105-yard touchdown return, and uh, then uh, you got, uh, obviously, the Sunday night football game that's now on the docket, Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast, at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter. You can find his stuff there now joining us on the hotline. Andy, how you doing today, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing all right, obviously, uh, you know, this is a sport that we all love and enjoy, but... You know, something like that happens like last night, and it's just a really harsh reminder that this is a violent sport. And, um, yeah, it's always tough to kind of see that and go through that. And obviously this is a little bit unprecedented in the way that that went down. But uh, just hoping and praying for DeMar Hamlin and uh, hopefully that we get some more good news sooner rather than later.
0: So, yeah, well, that's uh, I completely agree with you. I'm I'm. Trying to, uh, you know, figure out a way that's, if, if not easier, or at least more comfortable to move, maneuver from life to, f- to football. But uh, there is right. football on the horizon. The Packers are back at it tomorrow. And now they've got to get ready uh, for their postseason, if indeed they get the win on Sunday. So, first of all, what has been the most obvious positive out of this four-game run for the Green Bay Packers in your in your mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would start with the defense, right? And I know, you know, you kind of asked about the four-game run, but, you know, I look to about the second half of that Dolphins game, or I guess you could go the play before uh, halftime with uh, the forced fumble by Jerron Reed as well. But um, there was a stretch from the second half of that Dolphins game up until really garbage time against Minnesota where uh, they scored the two touchdowns that had no relevance whatsoever. But in those 12 drives, Green Bay's defense went interception, 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 three and out, Goal line stand that resulted in a field goal but was of no fault of the defense. That was the punt block that ended up on the one-yard line. It was actually a huge win for the defense. Three and out, pick six, missed field goal, interception, missed field goal, forced fumble slash recovery, interception. You're talking about seven turnovers in 12 drives, including a pick six. Um, and really throughout that time, if you look at the defense and special teams combined, they outscored Minnesota and Miami during that time frame, fourteen to three. Just the defense and the special teams outscored the opposing offenses, fourteen to three. And you know, you you talk about playing complementary football. That's a, that's a really good way to do it. Is when your defense and special teams can outscore the opposing team's offenses. This is, I know that you know that Tua had the concussion in the second half, and that's certainly relevant. And um, I know Minnesota certainly didn't play their best game, but you're not talking about like the Texans and the Bears here. This this is teams that include Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, etc. And what Green Bay's defense did for about that, you know, game and a quarter uh, during those, you know, that time frame was absolutely incredible, and they really deserve a ton of credit for really turning it around after a first half against Miami that we thought maybe that was going to be the end right then and there.
0: So let's talk about this team moving forward because uh, the defense has certainly played better. Let's get into that first and foremost. We were just talking about the run defense uh, and Dean Lowry going down. uh, You weren't really sure how big of an issue that was going to be, but you talk about a guy that getting an opportunity, TJ Slayton, getting uh, a couple of uh, passes batted down, providing a force, and then Devontae Wyatt, who has started to show some real flashes I've been relatively impressed with. Give me your thoughts there first and foremost.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Slayton first, because I think when Lowry goes down, you know, the immediate, um, you know, jump that everyone makes is, okay, Devontae Wyatt's going to get more playing time. But it certainly meant a lot more playing time for TJ Slayton, and his game was so impressive in this one. He was an uh, integral in the goal line stand at the beginning of the game. He's got a tip pass that results in an interception. He bats down another pass. He's involved in pressures on, a, you know, one of the other turnovers like he just was really, really impressive in this game and super disruptive. And his ability to play the nose tackle, too, allows Kenny Clark to be able to move around and play some three technique and do some other things, where if they didn't have Slayton, I think Clark's going to have to do a lot more of the dirty work. And, of course, Clark's able to come up with a huge you know, strip fumble uh, and recovery uh, as well. So I think Slayton's presence in this game was massive. And then you know, I go to Devontae Wyatt, and I think – you know, when he's playing some of those eight-nine play stints in previous games, it's a little bit easier to kind of have some of those flash plays. You're fresh. You're coming in with you know, l- you know, non-tired legs and those sort of things. But I was more impressed with Devontae White in this game, even though I didn't think he had the splash plays. I didn't think he had you know anything that kind of jumped off the tape. But even in those 8-9 play stints in other games, he would struggle at times holding up at the point of attack, doing kind of some of the dirty work. I thought he really held up well in this game overall, did a lot of the dirty work, held up against double teams better than he had previously this season. And that's some of the things that you want to start seeing is, that, you know, playing defensive line, playing any, uh, you know, trench position in football isn't always going to be uh, the sexiest thing. And you've got to do a lot of the dirty work. And I thought Devontae Wyatt did a lot better in that regard in this game.
0: Uh, let's talk about, uh, the middle with Kenny Clark because Kenny Clark really doesn't get much time to, to kind of take a play or two off as the season has gone on. You kind of looked for a diminishment in his play because he's getting so much playing time. And I really haven't seen that of you.
1: No, there was there was a stretch in the middle of the year where I thought Kenny definitely struggled, and that, that kind of coincided with Rashawn Gary going down. Clark started seeing a lot more double teams, and I think just kind of fighting through some of that, and I, I don't know, maybe he was battling some sort of injury, but it just wasn't the Kenny Clark that we were used to seeing. But over the last months, I think by the time about December hit, we saw the same Kenny Clark that we're used to seeing. He's such a frustrating player for opposing offensive linemen. He can beat you in so many different ways. He's got a pressure early in this game where it's just literally teaching tape stuff where he gets to the outside of the offensive line and uses his hand so incredibly well rips through turns the corner and gets a pressure on the quarterback so uh you know kenny's been such an amazing player for green bay for such a long time and uh, the, this last stretch of games from about december on has been no different
0: uh let's talk about the secondary because uh i know it was kind of mike clemens had told me that You know, one of the guys kind of said to him, hey, uh, we're all on the same page now. Uh, There might have been some freelancing, might have been guys that didn't believe in what was going on defensively speaking. It certainly looks like there's a different energy, there's a different tenacity, there's many different things going on, but more so the effectiveness of the secondary, the effectiveness of coverage over the middle. That has really kind of uh, solidified this team, and it looks like they're playing a little bit quicker with a little more tenacity. And I just want to say that guys are getting there a step sooner and making plays as opposed to arm tackles and letting ball carriers and such and receivers get past them.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think – when we all looked at this defense on paper to start the season, we saw all these individual players that we were all really excited about—from Rashawn Gary to Clark to Campbell coming off in All-Pro season, Jair Alexander, Amos, etc. You you look at it on paper and you're like, "Yeah, this is going to be a, a top five, top ten defense," and and that that's why you know so many people were so excited about it. But I think some of the things that get so just you know under the radar and not talked about as much is defense is a guys on the field not just doing 11 of their own jobs and whatever you have to see these guys playing together and like you said believing in themselves believing in the system we didn't see that for a vast majority of the season and i don't know what jerry gray said at halftime of the dolphins game but whatever he said i wish he would have said it in the halftime of the vikings game in week one uh but man this this defense looks totally different they are playing on the same page and a lot of credit to to Darnell savage and rudy ford Darnell savage gets benched and this is a guy who's a first-round draft pick, day one starter. Has played every game. Gets this, you know, fifth-year option picked up, fully guaranteed, huge deal. And you know, for the first time, he really gets benched. He sees that adversity that can go in two totally different ways. We have seen a completely different Darnell Savage over the last game and a half since he came in in the second half against Miami and then Rudy Ford gets completely benched in that Dolphins game they bring Savage back even in this game three Carpenter on the field instead of Rudy Ford he comes back plays a nice game has the big interception as well so you know when you when you get benched that can go in two totally different ways some guys will shut down and not respond to it uh, really impressed with the way that Savage and, and Ford have responded to those individual uh, decisions.
0: Um, let's let's go back to uh, talking about Darnell Savage for a minute because early this season he just didn't look right uh, there was just something there it's like how is he getting beat this bad and now he comes back and gives guys the nod and says I'm here I'm good I don't know what was going on I don't know if there was other issues but it, it certainly seemed like he gained confidence of the coaches to say okay let's run you back out there
1: yeah, he did, and he made the most of it. You know, clearly the the pick six this week was the big play. But even going back to that second half against the Dolphins, now Savage was a player that you know I, I think you know they basically said he was kind of looking for the big plays. He wasn't doing his one eleventh. He wasn't doing his job on the play. I don't think he was beca- you know really being the physical player that we saw when he was a first round pick. And uh, I think that's changed. And I think he has played a bit more physical. Now y- you go back and look at the all twenty two on this day. You know, uh, for the Vikings game he allows some completion should have allowed the big one down the field to TJ Hawkinson that bounced off Hawkinson's hand. So it wasn't perfect this week. And, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for that, but I'm looking for a different intensity and a different way that he's going about playing the game. And I've absolutely seen that against Miami and Minnesota. I think that's a really encouraging sign for a player that is, you know, clearly going to be on this roster next year. He's a fully guaranteed player uh, based on them picking up the fifth year deal. Adrian Amos, I'm guessing, probably will not be back based on his contract. And then you've got a lot of unknowns in that safety position. Rudy Ford's a free agent. So if Darnell Savage can start playing better to the point that he was when I think he played his best football in 2020, that would be a huge step for this Packers team, not only this season, but at a safety position that looks kind of rather thin moving forward.
0: Talk with Andy Herman of the Pack a Day podcast. You can find his stuff at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter. I want to go to the offensive side of the football now. To me, if there's an Achilles heel right now with this team, that's probably it. While they're running the ball, probably more so than they are throwing the ball, I think they're running the ball in part because they have to. They the passing game has not looked in sync. I know Aaron Rodgers said. Part of it's his fault. He hasn't looked as sharp as he normally would expect himself to play and such. But what do you see when you look at this offense? Because sometimes I think it's just – really poor creativity in the play calling why you're pulling aaron jones off the field when he's just gashing guys when you get down to the red zone i have no idea sometimes this running out of shotgun and eliminating all of play action because because aaron Rodgers is so good at play action and play action fake it's 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 mind-numbing and they don't do that when they they run it out of shotgun i don't know why the play calling has become so predictable
1: it's it's interesting. And here we are kind of in week 18. And I still feel like this offense hasn't really found its rhythm or its identity. You get Aaron Jones in spurts and it just looks you know, almost unstoppable at times the way that he's running. And then, like you said, there will be literal games where it seems like Aaron Jones is completely forgotten about and certainly stretches of the game that goes that way as well you know, it seems like they kind of want to do the same thing with Jones and Dylan and they're two very talented backs, but they're two totally different backs and they kind of need their own way of, you know, kind of going about things and kind of their own different kind of plays called for them. I don't think you can necessarily just call the same things and expect the same level of success out of Dylan. He does things differently than AJ don't, you know, or uh, than Jones does. And then, um, you know, I think from an offense, from a receiver standpoint, I think Christian Watson's completely opened up this offense and changed things, but we saw in this game, too, where Watson and Rodgers were just a click off on a couple of different plays, uh, a missed throw kind of over the middle, uh, a throw where Rodgers leads him about 15 yards out of bounds. I think the one play, uh, the earlier one, I think there probably was you know, some illegal contact down the field that probably should have been called, but just not uh, always a million percent on the same page. I think that's something that needs to get worked on, and like you said, it just at times it kind of lacks creativity there's guys just kind of going out and running some pretty bland routes. We're not seeing a lot of, you know, double moves or plays off of plays. I I think it needs to get different. I think this team uh, offensively has had a little bit of, um, you know, multi-personality almost disorder at times where you're looking at, two. Uh, it feels like there's a LaFleur version of it. There feels like there's a Rogers version of it, and it just doesn't seem totally cohesive all the time. And I think red zone offense is a huge part of that as well. So uh, it's it's not there yet, and they've now got, you know, one more week to try to clean it up and fix it, hopefully get it going this week and then, you know, going into the playoffs hopefully as well.
0: With everything that this team has been through over the last few weeks, give me your thoughts if they win. Because I think this Detroit game is probably going to be their toughest. But if they get there, give me your thoughts on what this team needs to do to advance. It doesn't matter if they face Seattle, or excuse me, it doesn't matter if they face San Francisco or if they face Minnesota. What does this team need to do? What do they need to fix right now to get themselves to that level of play where they can say, okay, look, we have a legitimate shot at winning in the postseason.
1: I think the good news is they're coming off clearly their best game of the season and uh, a game where they played the most complimentary football that they have. That was really the first time this year where I looked at a game and I was like, okay, that that shows the promise of this team, and it's tough to obviously put a, a performance like that out there every single week, where you're getting a, you know four turnovers in a game and a kick return for a touchdown. You know, one of those turnovers is a pick six. Uh, obviously, some things fell in their favor; the ball bounced the right way a couple times. But I think this is the first game where you can look at it and say, hey, "We play I, I know Minnesota's point differential and DVOA and anything else you want to point to. We, we can say all that stuff, but this is a 12-win football team, and they went out there and they completely. Uh, you know, smoked them in every sense of the word. So uh, I really think that this is a, a game that they can build off of. And I don't think they need to change too incredibly much, but we just kind of hit on the big thing. And that's, uh, you know, offense. They need to find a bit more rhythm. And I think red zone offense, right? I, you, we're going to be talking a lot about Packers lines this week. Uh, Bill, I go back to that Lions game. This this is a a real thing that happened. They had first and goal from the Lions five yard line, zero points. Mm -hmm. First and goal from the Lions, one, zero points. First and 10 from the Lions, 23, zero points. First and 10 from the Lions, 14, three points. First and 10 from the Lions, 17, zero points. Five situations where they had first and 10 or first and goal from the 23 on in, and they got three total points in the game. They lost by six. And the, the red zone hasn't exactly been better since that game. So I think that's going to be a huge key this week against Detroit. And I think it's going to be a huge key if they do get into the playoffs as well.
0: I, I completely agree. I've said time and again, they could have, should have won that game in Detroit. Instead, they threw it away uh, in, in every aspect. And more so the quarterback play than anything. But they should have won that game. It could be different sitting here today. But hopefully they learn from it and red zone gets a lot better. I I tell you what, Andy, always appreciate it, man. And we'll talk soon. And if they get in the postseason, we'll be talking then again as well, okay? I can't wait. Thanks so much, Bill. Appreciate it. There you go. Andy Herman of the Pack of Podcast. Pack- and he breaks it down. Fantastic stuff. The Pack of the Packaday Podcast. You can read it and, and listen to it and such with Andy Herman at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter. Find excuse me, find his stuff there. Uh, also, really, really good stuff. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Now think about that for just a minute. All the things that he just stated, when you talk about first and 10, first and 10, first and 10, all inside the red zone, the Packers on six, seven different drives came away with only three points. What kind of confidence does that give you, one, coming into the game on Sunday, or two, what does that uh, say about the Detroit Lions to say when the field shrinks and they have the ability to just get after it, that the Packers won, they couldn't run it in. Two, Aaron Rodgers was picked off three times. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't punch it in through the air. The offense was inept. It stalled. Or maybe they just made some boneheaded plays and it was just a calamity of errors on a particular day in which they just didn't play well. And maybe they just got this coming up on Sunday night, 877-867-1670. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there in New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over Wisconsin, all over the country, and if you are listening to us anywhere right now and you have an issue, call 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451, anywhere, and they can say, okay, hey, if you're not here by us, then we'll send you here, and they can do that, okay? Uh, whether it's for ED, how about uh, low T treatments? You don't even know you have low T, but you're over the age of thirty and you're putting on weight. You're feeling sluggish and moody, and you're up and down, no energy, and you're like, "Wow, why, why am I just so dead?" There you go, that could be it. Otherwise, what about the all-in-one weight loss program? It's 2023, and you know, before you it gets here, you're all of a sudden going to be going, "Man, it's t-shirt season," and I'm, psh, I still look like this. I want to drop a few. Great all-in-one weight loss program. That's the way to do it. Go to New Mail Medical four one four. 455-4451 414-455-4451 that's the NewMail Medical Center. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports
2: Zone Radio Network.
0: I got my survey because I bought my motorcycle this year. I got my survey from Harley-Davidson because I had forgot to fill it out before all about Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. And it starts to go through this. And in the ad, or not in the ad, but in the survey from Harley-Davidson, it's asking me all the different things that I liked. And there's not anything that I could say I didn't or had a question about. It was such a, and obviously I, I know Craig, who's the general manager over there, but just the overall experience, uh, getting the bike that I wanted. The accessories, the parts department, uh, obviously the motor clothes and such. Uh, between myself and Kristen, I think we, uh, we, we bought two houses over there because we just we enjoy it so much and the, the selection of everything going on. It's just a terrific experience. If you're a, a Harley enthusiast, a motorcycle enthusiast for that matter, and you're looking for a, co- a terrific place to go and a new place to kind of just call your biker home. Uh, it's Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. On Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of 94, you can't miss it, right behind the new Dockhound Stadium, WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com, and they are fantastic with service, great people to talk to, just to BS with. If you want to go in and just kind of hang out and be around it and just smell motorcycles and tires and such and just kind of wait for the season the riding season to get here, Great place to go. Great reason to head over because of the people that work there. That's WISHD.com. WISHD.com. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout. Um, Apparently, if by chance the Panthers job is actually available, uh, Jim Harbaugh, expects to leave Michigan for the NFL if the franchise offers him the coaching job how about that uh last year Harbaugh apparently uh, even though Michigan has done anything and everything they can possibly do to keep him there and after winning the first big Ten title in 17 years last season he has begun looking for another job to get back into the NFL and uh much like his brother John and that's apparently what he wants to do. So rumor has it that if indeed Carolina says we want you to lead our franchise, then uh then Jim Harbaugh is going to be gone. And I guess that'll be the only thing that saves Ryan Day's job. But uh, but nevertheless because he's he's not uh <laughs> Ryan Day has not, uh, the last couple of years, been able to get uh, over on Michigan. Uh, Um, 877-867-1670. Just an update real quick. The Buffalo Bills putting out a little while ago that DeMar Hamlin did spend last night in the intensive care unit at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. He remains there today still in critical condition. Uh, They just say we are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support that we have received thus far. Um, there aren't any, you know, new updates on his condition. Um, there aren't any really updates as to the condition of the cause, of what exactly happened, why it happened, uh, anything like that. Um, I think right now you just worry about uh, the man himself getting getting well, and then after the fact, you know, you know hopefully when he clears the woods, so to speak that uh, you were then able to move forward and begin to diagnose and discuss publicly the cause, the issues, and such, and go from there. But right now, it's just about uh, getting this young man better. So hopefully, hopefully he's able to, to get better. Uh, 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up. Uh, by the way, uh, the NFL did just release this as well. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin, and also the Bills and the Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership, Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed. Uh, The NFL hasn't made a decision regarding the possibility of a resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made made any changes to the week eighteen regular schedule, regular season schedule. Uh, just that they're going to continue to provide additional information if it becomes available. In other words, they're not going to make the Bills come back and play this game this week. Um, which you know, when you butt it up against a game that is going to be taking place this Sunday, then what do you do? It's going to be difficult to all of a sudden say, "Hey, we're going to play a game on Sunday, and then on Wednesday, and then another game." I, my assumption is this is going to be a tie, is the way they're going to make this out to be. It's going to be a tie, and you just let the chips fall where they may when it comes to seating. Both teams are in the postseason, so it's not going to affect. Uh, it's not going to affect their their postseason when it comes to the ability to actually be in the playoffs. Uh, as it stands, uh, a tie. With both, because both uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati, they're number two and number three right now in the AFC. Whoever won that game, if the Buffalo Bills would have won, they would have taken over the top spot and had the bye. If Cincinnati would have won, they would have then had the Bills the same record as the Bills. And if Kansas City would lose and Cincinnati would win this weekend, then Cincinnati could have taken over the top spot. I think at this point, you just kind of do what's right. And that is say, guys, just prepare for Week 18. We're going to call this one a tie, and we're going to move on. It's the right thing to do. And it's going to be difficult enough for both franchises to move forward and to prepare for Week 18, much less worry about the game that was or was supposed to happen that didn't, to try to then force it in and then turn around injury-wise and have guys – play two games within what three days yeah you just can't do it so I think that's what the NFL is going to end up doing is just say this one is going to be a draw or a non existent game and kind of go from there I think that's the way it's going to to end up happening 877-867-1670 you want to find us do it stay tuned we got a lot more of the Bill Michael show it's all coming up right after this
2: this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio network you got to hit it back it rock it put it in the pocket hit it make it rocket put it in the pocket hit it make it rocket put it in the pocket
0: welcome back to the program hey got our friends at uh, cruise planners your land and sea yeah. group um Sand and Sea Travel, uh, they, they've they got uh, a lot of good stuff going on, whether it's uh, a cruise, which right now they've got some really great deals on cruises. Um, as you get into that season, you can plan your trip right now, uh, even for a later date, and just put a small deposit down. They even do financing. So if you're thinking about that dream trip, you can get that done. That's our friends uh, over there at Cruise Planners. Get a hold of my buddy Kirk over there. K-I-R-K, and from anywhere, okay, let me just say that, anywhere. So if you're listening to this program out in Arizona, you're good to go. If you're listening to this program in the UP, you're good to go. If you're listening to it in Milwaukee, you're good to go. 414-430-7880 or go to Kirk.Kanter, K-A-N-T-E-R, at CruisePlanners.com. Kirk.Kanter at CruisePlanners.com. 414-430-7880. I used to love cruising, man. We used to take cruises all the time. And uh, we used to do uh, listener cruises, which were fantastic. We we haven't done those in a while. we got to get back to that. But uh, but always fun. I mean, I loved cruising. Cruising was so fun because it was like you unpacked once. You went to four, three, four different cities. It was just it was just awesome. It was just good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877 1670 you want to find us, uh, go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, you can find us uh, also over on uh, Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels, and also uh, you can find us uh, at Ben at Ben Z Kenny at Ben Z Kenny. You can find us there as well. Um, the uh, hey, by the way, let me let me say this uh, for those that are calling the whole the whole vaccination or non vaccination thing. Okay, uh, we don't know, and I'm not putting a correlation to it. There's a lot of people that have an agenda to this um i i don't know now's not the time just an fyi i know people are calling up wanting to talk about it and i'm not going there and i'm not going there for the reason of we don't know we don't we we don't know we don't have that information and we don't know if there is an issue we don't know if there's not an issue I, i don't know but right now it's, it's like just now is not the time for all of this, if that makes sense. So just chill, and if there's an announcement later on to be made, I'm, I'm sure it will be made, but the, right now is not the time. So, I you know, quit calling Ben and talking about it and – you know, I get it. Every time I get sick, people talk about vaccination. Did you have COVID? Did you not have COVID? Are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? I, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who had a co-worker uh, they found in the bathroom with uh, an aneurysm. And everybody jumped to the conclusion that it was part of the vaccination process. Turned out he wasn't vaccinated. He had never had COVID. He just had an ailment. And then there was another co-worker that had a heart attack and. It was within like three days of one another, and he was vaccinated. They don't know. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the correlation is to this. This is not a medical program by any stretch of the imagination. We try to do the best we can to just cover the human element of this. So I understand there's a lot of people that have this desire to know and to point the finger and say, aha, on one side of the the, the argument or the other. But it's like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. This This is not the forum for that. This is now is not the time. You know, Um, I I, I don't teach his own, I guess. I don't know what to I don't know what to say. So but I I just wanted to make you aware of it. I've also had uh,
1: about 23 people call in today, uh, refreshing our memory about the Lions player from
0: 2000 or from uh, 1971.
1: Right. So for those that are, be, yeah, oh yeah, for yeah, those that are listening
0: now and missed the beginning of the show, that was noted. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that early on in the program. As a matter of fact, I think, uh, I think Pac Fan, uh, who follows us over on the Bud Light live stream, I think he had even mentioned it. I think he posted it too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, Mike was yeah. on. Mike Clemens was on with Ebo uh, and Nelson this morning. He actually found the audio from the broadcast. Really? When Chuck Hughes went down, and I'll try to get it from him. Yeah, Mike is. Uh, Mike's got that kind of stuff. Mike's Mike's good with that. So, but yeah, interesting. Believe it or not, I was not alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was, but I don't remember that. I was think I was four years old. What was it, 1971? So I was what five years old, four and a half years old, something like that. So, yeah, I don't I don't remember that at all. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from uh, Anthony who says, uh, my, uh, heart and soul sank last night watching uh, the player lay there on the ground, understanding the circumstance. Uh, it is something that I will never forget. Good coverage today. Thanks so much. Um, this is uh, Chad says, love the show. How can I listen uh, in my car in Menominee, Wisconsin? In Menominee, Wisconsin. Um, now I would assume you're not up by Menominee Marinette or are you? Uh, Chad, if you are, uh, then our, our fine affiliate up there um, in Menominee Marinette, Marinette WMAM, over on the AM side, I believe, carries uh, the program. And uh, I know Jim uh, Callow is listening. Jim, I can't remember what the number is, but if you're listening, text me and let me know. But I think it's like 580 or 530, something like that. Um, and you could probably catch it there. But, yeah, up in Menominee, Wisconsin, if that's indeed where you're at. Uh, this one's from, uh, Kashra or Shara, I should say, uh, speaking of the game last night, which left me feeling numb. Do you remember back in 1977, 79 ish, the Patriots were playing the Raiders and I believe his name was Daryl Stingley paralyzed on the, on the football field on a free play. Yes. That very much came to not came to mind last night. Very much so. Absolutely. Um, uh, this is, uh, James who says, uh, uh, last night uh, till midnight, I never heard a crowd so quiet and respect for what was actually happening. Uh, Jim, you know what was also interesting in that? Did you see when the Buffalo Bills walked off the field that all of those fans, Bengals fans and Bills fans, applauded? Just basically in support. You don't know what else to do. But they, they sat there and applauded as they were leaving the field as, as if to say, we appreciate you. That was that was really interesting last night. It was good to see, and a lot of come together for for Bills fans and Bengals fans last night. Um, Steve says uh, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers are with Demar Hamlin, his family, the Bills organization, uh, for complete recovery. What a scary situation! I hope we never have to see that again. I'm older, and I remember when Len Bias passed. Oh, remember that? Oh, I remember that too. Yeah, he, he right there on the court. Oh, I remember that. You, Boy, I forgot all about I don't want to say I forgot about that, but that was not something ca- that came to the forefront of my memory after last night. He said, I wanted to provide the biggest shout I can to the medical and training staff. In Cincinnati, they acted quickly and thoroughly and deserved to be recognized. Also, kudos to Zach Taylor and Sean McDur- McDermott for doing absolutely the right thing. The NFL did the right thing by postponing the game as well. That's from Stephen Richfield. Yeah, the NFL took a lot of criticism last night because it was like, okay, we're going to you know, break and let's go. The, the NFL... You're making a call from New York, and you're seeing the situation. You don't know. You're getting, you know, word, but you don't know, so you're like, okay, get a couple of minutes to regroup and let's go. That's what you do. And exactly, kind of the way it should have happened, happened. You know, you don't want somebody in New York making the call to cancel the game when both teams are like, no, we got this. And you don't want somebody in New York saying, no, you have to play. They said, okay, let's give it five minutes, uh, ten minutes, and get guys ready again, and then we'll go with it, which gave McDermott and Zach Taylor time to kind of look at one another and go, we can't do this. I, I, I Credit to Sean McDermott and credit to Zach Taylor, the head coaches of both the Bengals and the Bills, to recognize the magnitude of the hum- human equation and to say, this isn't it, this isn't the time. There's a guy right now whose parents are running down the back stairs trying to get to an ambulance to get in to an ambulance and and be transported to University of Cincinnati Medical Center with their son who just collapsed and and died and was brought back to life by medical, a medical team right here in front of everybody. This game, and that's what it is is—is a game, is meaningless in the scheme of life right now. Let's go ahead and pause this because we need to. So kudos to them for doing the right thing last night. Um eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You can find us over on the email, much like uh, all of you did. thebillmichaels at gmail.com. thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh it was Hank Gathers that died on the court. You're right. Hank Gathers, not Len Bias. Len Bias died uh we had just gotten the report right after he was drafted. He had passed away. It was Hank Gathers, remember, who kind of walked away, staggered, and then collapsed and died, that you are correct. Thank you so much, Joe, for reminding me of that. It was Hank Gathers. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, this is from Tidbit, who says, Bill, don't you think Goodell has to make a statement today, no matter if there's any new information or not? I believe we need to hear from him. Well, we did hear from the NFL today. We, we did hear – now, whether or not he needs to stand before a microphone and take questions, I, I don't know, but maybe that's something you want. But um, the uh, – the the as far as the NFL, they made a statement. They made a statement saying that basically they have talked and been in communication with both teams and organizations. They have not made a decision on anything going forward or any adjustment to the schedule of Week 18 but uh I, I really think that they're just going to say we're we're gonna call it even and, and just continue to move on and let the seeding fall where it uh where where it is. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey, uh if you didn't get one, that's okay. They still have the 2023 season passes available at Great Lakes Dragway. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com uh, down in Union Grove. And speed season's going to be here before you know it. You're going to want to be a part of it. Whether you're a speedster, a car guy, a car girl, a motorcycle enthusiast, whatever it is, you want to race it, you want to watch it. Check out our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove. Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket,
2: this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike
1: Clemens.
2: The Packers kept their playoff hopes alive with that big win over the Vikings on Sunday night. David Bakhtiari returned to playing left tackle a month after having his appendix removed. He played on 56 snaps against Minnesota. I asked Dave, how long was he told he could not do any lifting after the surgery? Yeah,
0: I said I couldn't lift anything over 20 pounds for like three weeks. Um, Other than that, it was a big question mark on Was kind of asking around. So it
1: was a journey for everyone, including myself. Uh, Definitely sucked. Just was really, really weird. But, I mean, I'm very fortunate that, you know, like really the last 10 days, it just kind of like took a huge turn for the better. Uh, Very fortunate to be where I am.
2: And after that win over the Dolphins, Bakhtiari was determined to get back on the field. Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. He told me on, on the flight home after the Miami game that he said, I'm playing. So I said, "Okay, well, we'll see. And he was able to get through the week. And I thought he played a really good game. Up next, the Packers will host the Lions. The kickoff scheduled now for 720 this Sunday night on NBC. Head coach Dan Campbell asked if he thinks the Lions are ready for primetime TV.
1: What do you think? Do you do?
0: I do too. I do too. So that's not for up, up for me to decide, you know. I know we'll put up a hell of a fight one way or another. Listen, I just I don't care. I I just wanna play, you know. <laughs> So it's coming, and it'll be down the wire, and they'll be there. We'll be there, and uh, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting game.
2: That's Lions head coach Dan Campbell in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show continues on. Our friends at the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee remind you that uh, they got karaoke. They've got uh, some trivia and such during the week. Uh, they have good food, good drinks. Uh, obviously, they're going to be uh, open for the games and such come the weekend. But uh, if you want to go over, you just want to enjoy the view. Look out on the lake with the ice on it, the uh, fishing shanties that will eventually be back out there. now Once the weather turns uh, throughout the season. Uh Or, if you just want to stop over and just think about uh, the lake being nice and blue and open water and summertime eventually, they say Come on over that's a sunset grill on pewaukee lake you can't uh, can't go wrong stopping over there uh no more than we were sitting here talking about uh whether or not Roger Goodell should speak uh Roger Goodell ish did issue a statement um through the commissioner uh it says during last night's game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, Bill's safety, uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed on the field. DeMar experienced cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by on-site club physicians and independent medical personnel, all of whom are highly trained in implementing the plans for medical emergencies. DeMar was stabilized, transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma center where he remains in the ICU. And after speaking with both teams, and the nflpa i decided to postpone last night's game and have our focus remain on Demar and his family we are in regular contact with both clubs and with the medical team caring for Demar, and we'll share additional information as we receive it earlier today uh as the head of player engagement and team clinician for each club received information from the doctor about mental health and support resources that are available to the players and staff. Additional resources, including on-site services, can be available for any club that wishes this assistance. If your club would like to make use of these additional resources, please have your player engagement lead or team clinician contact uh, the NFL's doctor. They have not made a determination regarding Week 18 when it comes to uh, playing this game. Uh, We advise both Buffalo and Cincinnati it's not going to be resumed this week, so no decision has been made about the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and they have not changed anything when it comes to Week 18's schedule. They're going to promptly advise all clubs of any decisions uh, that are made regarding these matters. Uh, but basically, the NFL is saying, hey, look. And, and so that that's from Roger Goodell. Um, basically, he's saying, look, what matters is the health and welfare of the player. And all of us who witnessed this... And players that are going through whatever it is they're going through, because we can't put ourselves in that situation. We don't play professional football. We're not out on that field. They're going through stuff. And if you need help, let's get it. They're worried about the health and welfare. So there you go. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.